All right, let's bring in the Warriors' uh, director of scouting. As we said, uh, David Lee acquired on his watch. Curry acquired on his watch. Larry, you should still be the general manager. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where right now everybody is doing a pretty good job staying grounded. Uh, We are enjoying some success, and it was a long time coming. So I'm actually doing quite well and looking forward to the rest of 2013. What just started? What do you mean the rest? We were just started. <laughs> it got a great start. All right. <laughs> we need more. But hey. uh, there's that old saying, never get too high, never get too low. And I think our coaches and players certainly have a grasp of that. When you scouted Steph Curry, did you have any reservations about size and strength? Uh, I didn't after I – what I did is I went to Purdue – to see them play against Davidson. And the game was actually played in Indianapolis as one of those doubleheaders. And the reason I did that, Purdue, uh, they foul you all the time. It's like a football game. And I wanted to see if he could stand up to that kind of pressure. And he, he didn't have much of a team around him. They were decent, no question. And Davidson was a, was a nice uh, Division One team at that uh, so-called mid-major level. But I wanted to see how he would stand up to that. And uh, I came away from that game feeling like that uh, that he was strong enough and tough enough to play in the NBA. But you knew he was a point, huh? You didn't think, hey, this guy may be like an undersized two guard. Well, I knew he was uh, a guy who could pass like a point guard because he made short passes and he made long passes and his handle was good enough. And, of course, what Davidson had to do, they had to get him off the ball a great deal and play him as a two-guard. But I felt that he could make that transition, and I didn't have a lot of reservation about it. All right, Larry Riley, uh, Director of Scouting for the Warriors, joining us on the Ring Central uh, guest line. Was there anything more than the Knicks wanted to get rid of David Lee's salary? Because he's playing like an all-star, and you do have to wonder, why was he available in the first place? I'm just in a position where I'm not sure what motivated that with the New York Knicks because there was the salary issue. The second thing was I don't know if if they were looking down the road in the event that they could acquire someone that they thought was better. So I'm not sure what combination of things uh, allowed for that decision to take place. We were sold on him, and that was a time when Joe was just taking over. He actually didn't get the team until I think in November, but there were discussions during his purchase of the team, and he was advised as well as Mr. Cohan, and we were in a position where we were sold on the fact that David Lee was a player who would come and play every night and that he would he would bring uh, some scoring, some rebounding, and he, and he was an outstanding passer. And so that thing came down to where we were able to uh, – to uh, put a package together. It involved uh, Turioff and Azubuki and Randolph. And, uh, uh, you know, we understood at the time that there would be people who would say you've overpaid and there would be naysayers and so on, but we believed in it. Yeah, and if we can go behind the curtain here, if if I have this right, let's give credit where credit is due. Lakob loves David Lee, right? And even before this, you know, great – you know, output this year that in the beginning, Joe was the one who said, hey, Larry, this guy's good. He, he, he was. 
there's no question that Joe was on board from the beginning. And in all honesty, the change hadn't taken place. Mr. Cohan was was on board, and, and both of them in a very strong fashion. And so when we had the opportunity to make the deal, and that thing took about six months, we had started putting things together before the summer. And so it's one of those things where we had the blessing of everybody and and, uh, everybody was on board. Were you surprised that Randolph hasn't done anything? I mean, I I used to see him walking around Walnut Creek and, and, and uh, his agent was based out there and, you know, good guy. And obviously had a world of talent, but it just hasn't come together for him here or anywhere else. It's been, uh, what is it? Four teams now? Uh, that he's with, and uh, there's talent there, and uh, I could never put my finger on exactly what all was missing when we had him at, at Golden State, but we, we just decided that there was a good chance to get David Lee, that he, that Randolph probably was going to have to make some changes in order to become a good player, and we didn't know if he would do that. Just take and a guess so, here, Larry. So we have somebody with uh, NBA experience. If if you just had to guess on the All Star game, is it going to be Curry or Lee? Because the Warriors are going to get one guy this year. Well, we're winning, so that that would indicate that we would get somebody. And also, we're winning enough that it's not a fluke, and this team is for real. And I think everybody realizes that. Uh, there's so many good point guards. I, I would hate to say I would love to see both of them on there because I think they're deserving. David probably has a slightly better chance. Hey, uh, hey, Larry, you know, we're seeing Sacramento struggle with Cousins up there, and I know you can't comment on Cousins. And I'm not asking you to, but there's not a bad guy, and I've been around this, this uh, Warrior team. There's not a bad guy in this locker room. How much does character – I mean, obviously talent is number one, but how much does character play a role in – whether or not you draft or acquire a player. Or, Larry, if I can jump in on Mr. Kruger here, it'd be more interesting. Who is a bad guy on the team, if you'd like to announce (laughs) one? Out a bad guy on the team, if you could. Uh, it's probably our strength and conditioning guy, Johan. Yeah, yeah. I've he's heard a, he's tough to deal with. Oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a nightmare, that guy. Yeah. No, but character, I mean, how much does character play a role in your mind? Because I know talent is, is obviously got to be first and foremost. Well, Larry, when you look back on it, uh, if you go back three and four years, look at the character of the team immediately after Baron Davis left and, and look at that team and its character. And that was one of the things that had to change. And we felt, and, and Joe and Bob and, and everybody has been on board with trying to get at least solid guys and, and people of good character who want to win. See, that was the point that, that finalized the drafting of uh, Draymond Green. Here's a person who really wants to win. He's a winner. And so character came into that decision. There's no question that in the draft you have a, a young man like Harrison Barnes. And so we've been looking for a long time to put people of character uh, on a team. And it, it's finally come together. I don't think there is a bad guy on our team. And uh, I, I, I don't think you can win with choir boys because you have to find people who bring enough toughness. And that's, let's credit Bob with, uh, you know, he spent the summer working uh, and brought in Jared Jack and, uh, and Landry. And so 
those guys with the draft and with the team that was already there, the part of the team that was already there, this team has enough toughness. I don't see them running away and hiding when things get tough. All right. Well, we appreciate having you on for a few minutes. And uh, uh, I always say, remember, it was Robert Rowell who signed Stephen Jackson's last contract, not Larry Riley. So you've got (laughs) – Well, Well, because you remember remember when that came up, oh, my gosh, he's superseding Riley. Thank God he's superseded. You don't want that on your resume. Well, and that was actually done before I moved to the front office. And uh, I was an assistant GM at that time, but but that's fine. And uh, I appreciate talking to you guys. Appreciate the kind words and it, the Warriors. Just uh, we've finally gotten to where we've got a good team to put out in front of our fans. I know they appreciate it. It's been a team effort all the way uh, in the front office, and it's been a joy uh, to work with Bob and Joe. And and uh, golly, it's a good feeling. And uh, again, never get too high or too low but we're in a good spot. You sound pretty happy, darn it. I, I, was, I thought you might. No, no, let, let me ask you. I mean, now, this is going to sound weird. Do you miss so picking up a newspaper or hearing your name mentioned every day, uh, Riley should have done this or Riley, you know, uh, did do this back and forth? Do you miss that day-to-day criticism? It sounds funny, but you know what I mean? That's, that was part of your life for a few years. Well, three years. Yeah. We went through three years of it. And no, you don't miss that. Okay, all right. <laughs> you, you don't miss that. And and uh, Joe has been awfully good to me. And when they made the change, uh, having the opportunity to stay on with the team and be a part of it and see this team succeed, uh, boy, I tell you, and there are times when, uh, Gary, you've talked to me when it was there were misery times. Right. And I tried not to be a downer around people because I knew that at some point we could get things better. But I am happy, and it's one of those things where uh, I just enjoy watching our team play, and and I'm happy for our coaches and our players as much as anybody. If you don't mind me kidding you a little bit, did you think Joe was good to you when he told you to fire Nelson? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a part of business. (laughs) You know, we all knew that was coming. Uh, Nelly even understood. Oh, yeah. I was talking to Nelly. He knew it was coming. And and, and it's just like with me, there was a time for for, uh, a change where I was concerned. Uh, I, you know, you're a new owner and you want uh, good people. And so I knew there would be a change coming. So there's no animosity in the way that it was handled. It was totally professional. Well, Bob, what, what, Myers is still, what, he's just 40 years of, he'll answer the phone. Bob will answer the phone at 3 a.m. I understand you turned your phone off when Joe called at that hour. You know, <laughs> wasn't wise. I didn't, I didn't really turn it off. No. <laughs> hey, Larry, what, what would you what would you say is the best move you've you've made? I mean, because you this you're a guy you brought Josh Howard out of out of Wake to Dallas. You, you drafted Sharif and and Bibby in Vancouver. Talked about the Lee thing, the Curry thing, Udo. What would you say? Well, what's the best move you ever made? Oh boy, uh, you know, I, I'm tempted to say getting David Lee. Uh, because the, the the team didn't have anybody up front, and we were we really needed somebody, and um, I, I thought that that signing was the first indication that the Warriors could go out and acquire uh, a free agent, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. And we haven't discussed this yet, and I figured it would come up, but Andrew Bogut hasn't played yet, 
So I hadn't noticed. If, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if, in fact, uh, things turn out the way we expect, I'm not sure that the trade that we made with, with uh, Milwaukee involving Monte and Udo won't be something that really set the table for this team because, see, what was never openly discussed, and we didn't want to bring it to the attention of the public either, was that we needed to, to get Stephen Curry in a position where he could thrive as a point guard. And by trading Monte, the discussion that went on in the front office was, here, we can open up some time for Clay Thompson to play at the two, Steph could emerge uh, as a, as a you know a, well kind of a centerpiece anyway of the team, and uh, then uh, in the event that uh, Bogut plays as we think he will, at some point if you ask me that question, I'm, I might say that that that's the big one. All right, hey Larry, good times, bad times, in between. You're always cool, and boy, we appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. I hope to see you guys sometime soon. Thanks, okay. Larry. Yeah, there's a guy, huh? You know what's Solid. good about him, too? I mean, he was there during the, the lousy times. And, let, no, he is cool. You know I mean? He just always, and, and granted, you know, that's part of the job. You got to, you know, Larry's thing was be upbeat, this and that. But he's a damn good guy. Yeah. Damn no, good guy. And I think the Lee, the Lee move, Gary, I think when we take a macro look at this in 10 years, I think that David Lee move is going to be the move that turned the fortunes of the franchise because – David Lee was a name guy who had played on both, you know, played on the East Coast, played in New York for the Knicks, and he willingly came out here. And this was not a choice destination. In fact, I would say this was one of the spots nobody wanted to play, and I think he changed the image. All right, KT Scott.